0: Hey, are you looking to buy a new car? Are you stuck in a high-rate loan and looking to refinance? Well, UK Federal Credit Union can help. Right now, UK Federal Credit Union has auto loan rates as low as 3.24% APR. You can apply for an auto loan online at ukfcu.org or in person at the dealership. You can get your dream car today. It's UK Federal Credit Union, banking only better. Annual percentage rate. Member qualifications apply. Rates subject to credit approval and subject to change. For full disclosures and cost details, call 800-234-8528. Federally insured by NCU.
1: He's going to the house. Charles
0: Walker, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. I wonder how y'all go. Y'all go miss one hell of a day. Let's
2: all get out. It's loose.
1: Get it on the way, plenty government away
2: it's football time in the blue grass you're listening to the ksr football podcast welcome into the ksr football podcast nick roush here with you this monday afternoon with charles walker drew franklin and freddie maggard uh the ksr football podcast as always brought to you by uk federal credit union check out one of their six locations this holiday season and gentlemen this is a little bit different because um well except for charles we've already talked about this game once on the post game show so i guess charles you have to you have to talk about the game because everybody's already heard all of our takes
3: yeah i need to listen to that i wish i would have known i was going to be put on on blast here um i was babysitting my Nine and a half month old niece during the game. So I was kind of in and out. Um, You know, all in all, I think people are freaking out about the 38 35 finish when you look at the last 14 points for Vandy. We have our, you know, second stringers and third stringers in that haven't seen reps. And, you know, they moved the ball down the field and and scored late. What they scored in like a minute with a minute to go. Um, I thought it was a good win and I thought our offense looked great. Uh, I thought the defense could have played better, but. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those where if they're going to play bad against the team, I'd like that it's Vandy and not Bama or South Carolina so or Florida.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, right, right.
3: I think we're close to firing on all cylinders, and I loved seeing Terry back in there with two touchdown passes to two tight ends.
2: The, the people who get hung up on the score, like it was a 17-point game with three minutes to play when Vandy yeah, got so, their first I mean, garbage-time touchdown.
3: Yeah, like just get your – yeah, you just get, get chill. your experience in I mean, exactly.
2: Exactly, MJ Devonshire, a guy who promising future, but you know, he gets a PI in the end zone and then it sets up like an easy touchdown. Things like that happen. Um, but we're not going to get caught up on it today, uh, Freddie, because it, it was exciting, as Charles said. It was good to see Terry get his groove back. I'm not gonna lie, Freddie, I thought we had seen the, the last. The, the the last of terry wilson after that injury i was just i was worried I, and and i was one too that thought you know maybe it's time you just move on and see what you got with joey gaywood and, and terry's he he heard all of the the, the folks saying that yeah, i don't know if he can get the job done anymore
1: yeah i thought terry played really well 13 to 15 110 yards a couple touchdowns uh was uh, was efficient on the ground ran for another score uh, I liked his pocket presence. I liked the way he went through his progressions and I'm very happy for Terry Wilson to come back in his second to last game ever at Kroger field. And, uh, he played at a high level and Kentucky mixed it up pretty good early on before it went to the run game to try to, you know, ice the game. So, uh, I, I thought Terry played well. I was, I was really happy with Bo Allen coming in three or five, 40 yards, um, Uh, The moment wasn't big for him. He he played with composure, showed that arm talent off. So, all in all, the Kentucky offense uh, was efficient, but Terry Wilson was really good. Uh, Kentucky had zero negative yards plays, rushed for 308, uh, passed for 150. So, no sacks, no tackles for loss allowed. I thought the Kentucky offense was efficient.
2: No negative plays. That's pretty good, Drew. Why's that checked?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of – positive stats but the way that line played with no negative plays and so many rushing rushing yards that was pretty incredible playing without their coach on the sideline there i think that's the big takeaway of the game we can nitpick about defense and uh, there's plenty to nitpick but overall that was just i've heard a lot of people say it's good to see those kids smile so yeah i think just just having the win on that on that day is is the big takeaway moving forward
2: and it was, uh, it was definitely an emotional day. It's still pretty emotional. Um, we're, we're recording earlier than normal because uh, uh, Charles is going to be going to the uh, celebration of life later for uh, John Sharman at Kroger Field. It's, uh, it's been rough, but you know what? Yeah, as you said, Drew, there's, they really couldn't have honored their coach any better with their play. And then the delay of game to start the game where Lane and Young where number 65, stayed on the sideline. It just, wow. Like, you... That was, uh, you, you don't see things like that happen too often in sports, and there couldn't have been a more perfect, not only a more perfect symbolic gesture, but then to go out there and just kick their ass in the trenches and dominate like the way they did, the way that John Schlarman did when he was a Wildcat. It was just, it was the, the perfect tribute to, to a man who was always at his best when, when life dealt him the worst.
0: Yeah, and I like uh, Luke Fortner, a veteran on that line, might not have even played that game. I think – did he even play – he played the whole first series, but he made sure to suit up even while he was injured to be out there. I guess he slid over to to tackle to leave the guard spot open because he didn't want to miss out on being a part of that with him being a guy that was struggling so long uh, along with the other guys.
2: Yeah, and Charles, we've, we've talked about just the, the devastating loss, and like, I know that he wasn't your coach – but John Swarman was still one of the um, more imposing figures in that locker room, I'm, I'm sure, throughout your time at Kentucky.
3: Oh, I mean, absolutely, and uh, like you said, I was never on the O-line. I I did do a lot of blocking, but I was never part of the big blue wall, <laughs> um, but he was one of my recruiters because, you know, Kentucky was kind of his recruiting spot, so yeah, Coach Coach Brown got me there, but a big part of it was Schlar Dog, and yeah, he was someone that I looked up to and could go to him with any questions, concerns, and, uh, you know, like everyone said, he was way more than a than a football coach, and, you know, he would bring the juice every day, and that was kind of, you know, my motto was bringing the juice, and there's days where I'd go out there and maybe not look all fiery and Schlarman would get up my ass, ask him where the juice is, um, and that was kind of just our little bonding um lucky lucky to have known him and yeah definitely excited to get to lexian in a day to honor him
2: uh, am i right in saying that it was his kids who are the ones who always wave the fair catch at you
3: yeah coach larman showed them how to correctly wave to the punt returner me um so every time we'd see them at tuesday family dinner uh, you know they'd come up to me and wave like the fair catch and i mean that. The look in Schlarman's <laughs> eyes every time. It was his favorite thing. Um, that I'm looking forward to seeing them today to to see if they still remember me two years out. But I guarantee you I'll see them with a with a couple fair catch highs.
2: Oh man, that, that's like the best dad joke, Freddie. <laughs> yeah. Hey
1: Charles, I'm in Corbin. I'm not gonna be able to be there today. Please tell everybody hello for me and pass on my condolences, man.
2: I will. I absolutely will.
1: Uh, I think the fact that, that Quentin Wilson and Austin Dodson, two developmental guys, played the vast majority of snaps was a tribute to John Schlarman. also averaging 8.8 yards per carry, rushing for 308 uh, yards was a testament for the development for, for John. And if you think back, guys, the Kentucky-Alabama game in 16,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that's – kind of the beginning of the big blue wall personality because Alabama said that, you know, that was the most physical offensive line that they played against at the end of the season. So that's kind of when Kentucky's personality came out as being the big blue wall. So I think that's uh, also something special because the next game as of right now is in Tuscaloosa against the number one ranked Crimson Tide
2: i'm trying to remember freddie what was that guy's name that he was like a all-american three-year starter. yeah Um, i'm not for
1: sure yeah Yeah. and guys there was a humongous buck just walked through the yard here if you saw me distracted (laughs) he's probably hiding from the deer hunters out there it's deer season so i meant i thought the thing
0: was gonna get in the car with me
2: drew you got any bucks out there walking by you
0: uh no just frederick Douglass high school football players that's about all i see over here
2: <laughs> you're you're so right the, the,
0: burton, the burton family did a nice photo shoot in my backyard a couple weeks ago got to see jagger all dressed up
2: oh nice nice and we'll um, see in your picture action it's that it's that time of year uh i really
0: wanted to pop in the photo i thought that'd be weird
2: that'd be like uh <laughs> when dwayne wade was walking through the people's proposal it'd be just like drew franklin walking in on your uh <laughs> senior pictures probably not quite as viral of a moment as like dwayne wade getting yeah. the engagement pictures um i do get but, to
0: know the broncos over here though good good guess to,
2: to freddie to your point though i did want to kind of go through some of the accomplishments of uh as charles calls them the schlar dogs uh, yeah as a player four-year starter at guard and i i just had no idea until I went Googling through the YouTube, and I found that the game-winning touchdown that Antonio Farrell had in the first Governor's Cup game. And it's it's Antonio a quarterback Farrell. draw on third and four or something from the goal line. And the hole that Schlarman and whoever the right tackle open up, I mean, O'Farrell went untouched. It was an easy walk into the end zone touchdown. And Schlarman's leading the way as a redshirt freshman. He won a state title at Highlands. He's in the Highlands Hall of Fame. All SEC as a senior, uh, all SEC freshman right away. He he also got uh, a Governor's Cup in his last uh, go around as a senior as well, uh, in Tim Couch's debut with Hal Mummy. So he did a little bit of both uh, the, the run blocking for for Curry and then getting into that pass blocking with Hal Mummy. And the thing I didn't realize too, Freddie, is that he came back as a GA and was the tight ends coach for the O2 team that went seven and five. But had the postseason ban with Gamo, that yeah. was that was the year that Jared and Derek Abney tore it up, and I, I I I never put two and two together that he was on that staff as well, and that was just the first of many great years for Kentucky. Um, yeah, one of the the OGs on Mark Stoops' staff, along with Vince Amaro, Uh he, I mean the the leading rusher in the history of the school ran behind his offensive line. He- well, you, you,
1: yeah, you mentioned Antonio Farrell. That's that's a name from the past there. Uh, uh, you know, he he was a scout team. He was a wide receiver, and then they needed a scout team quarterback, and he went over there, and that's how he got to be a quarterback at Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> that's great. But John, yeah, yeah, John. I mean, he was a heck of a player. Undersized, bad knees, and all. Uh, I mean, how he played is how his offensive line plays. You know, you got guys – you got all-Americans. You got three all-Americans there on that offensive line, Drake Jackson, Darren Kennard, and uh, uh, Landon Young, that all play uh, like overachievers, even though they're that talented and gifted. That, that They play that hard, that technical, sound, technically sound. I mean, it's just incredible what he's done. Uh, but, you know, 10 300-yard rush games since 2018, uh, we talk about the the big blue wall personality. That is John Schlarman. It's his personality. And it came to came to the public's light against Alabama. And then later at Missouri, uh, Cole Kublick was the first to point out that, you know, that, that Kentucky offensive line might be the best in the nation. And uh, that, that's pretty special. And Kentucky's as a team, this personality is, is based on the physicality and the toughness technique and efficiency of one of the nation's top offensive lines. And that's got 100% due to, uh, John Schlarman's uh, coaching.
2: Yeah. And one of those 300 yard games was the victory at Florida. Uh, Bunchy Stallings had that big pancake in that game. And that really kind of started his all American campaign. And I was kind of going back and, and I, 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 I shouldn't have forgotten about this, but I remember right before the Music City Bulls, so right before Chuck's last game, Bunchy was talking about just how thankful he was for Schwarman and the rest of the team because he lost his mom to cancer early in the year. That was his first kind of holidays without him, and he was just grateful to have Schwarman there with him. And Schwarman went, him and Neil Brown went to, when they were recruiting Bunchy. There was a snowstorm; they had to like park their car and hike a mile to the school where everybody was holed in because of the snowstorm and they had, they stayed the night with them. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, and then eventually Bunchy, you know, that kind of commitment, you know, he ends up giving the commitment back and while going through that tough time, Sharman helped him out. And then he repaid it by having all American season, uh, right after Sharman received his diagnosis. So, uh, just incredible kind of what he's done for the Kentucky football family, just as individuals, as people, but also, uh, for what he did to, to develop that offensive line into a winner, and uh, even though he's gone, they're still bruising ahead. His legacy is going to live on um, with the physical play in that offensive line room. And I think I'd also like to add too that uh, the 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 boss man reported that they aren't going to. H- H- Shorman's vacancy isn't going to be open for long. Uh, Jeff Jag. Ooh, Drew, I might need help with all these consonants. J. Je- yeah, I think it's Jeff, Jeff, Jeff good luck. Zin- Is that how you say it? Uh,
0: I don't think so, but I can't do it either. So whatever. We,
2: Je- we Jeff Je- Jed Jed Jed's, jed Jedzinski. Jeff Jedzinski is going to uh be helping out with the offensive line. He was a uh, c- head coach at Boston College for a while, offense coordinator, around the NFL and in the college ranks. So. He's one of a couple offensive coaches or, – or, no, the other guy's a defensive guy, Minuski, and, but a couple of NFL guys in the locker room now and an experienced guy to kind of – you know, uh, it's – it's it, Drake Jackson is, is great at calling things out on film. Also good to just have a coach in there. So he'll be in the room helping them out for the rest of the season.
1: Um, he was I a head like coach at Boston he, College, and he was 20-8 as a Boston College head coach and interviewed with the New York Jets – and, but Boston College told him not to interview with the New York Jets, so they got rid of him, and the Jets hired Rex Ryan. So that's the circle of life of uh, the new offensive line coach.
0: Pretty they wild. He's still last just... year with my my favorite team, the Dallas Renegades, uh, RIP to the Dallas Renegades. But he was their OC last year with, with Mummy.
2: Oh, so maybe the Austin McGinnis connection made this happen. Wow. Who knows? <laughs> But like how how lame is it if you're Boston College, like you're gonna fire a coach for interviewing for an NFL head coaching job? Like you should be happy that you have a coach who's good enough to be considered for an NFL head coaching job. And you're gonna go and oh, we're Boston College. You can't go interviewing for anybody else. Like, you know, if you're high horse Boston College, who do you think you
1: are? Twenty and eight as a head coach at Boston College, and that's pretty daggone good.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially Boston College, like. Yeah. I mean, he was offensive coordinator at Green
1: Bay and Tampa Bay as well. So, a lot of experience there.
2: Speaking of coaches losing their jobs. Man, it's a sad day, Charles Walker. We don't get to we don't get to see screaming Will Muschamp at the end of the year.
3: I know my uh, my roommate is a South Carolina grad and I enjoyed thoroughly this game every year. And enjoyed the fact that I was undefeated when we were both in school there.
2: Oh, um that's
3: awesome. Oh, it was it was great. <laughs> and now it just won't be the same because we've beaten them every year, but it won't be against Champ. So
1: I do think
3: you should do the show from in Corbin every year or every week, Freddie.
1: Oh no kidding oh, gonna, this is this is a Natural experience for me. I'm kind of Na- digging it. National Live Geographic. Bet.
3: Live bet. What are we what is Freddie gonna see next? A fox, a cougar, or <laughs> a falcon?
2: <laughs> oh, we're gonna coyotes coming after him. Uh, but I don't know if it were any of y'all watching South Carolina at that game against Ole Miss. I mean Freddie even not Will Mustang is supposed to be a defensive coach supposed to be uh yeah it gave you know, up I mean, like 150 yeah. points in their last three games i mean i think there was a, a, a belief ready that there it was too much money to fire him at especially early in this year but I, the 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 power players at south carolina i think they'd seen enough from from screaming well yeah. after that defense just man they've been bad
1: yeah that, that was a questionable hire anyway i mean if you fail at florida you gotta i mean that's, that that's pretty tough to do uh, with that recruiting base down there and, there and all the facilities and everything tradition that Florida has. So, uh, it's kind of a questionable hire anyway. And, and, uh, you know, it came to an end and he will be the next quality control of, of, uh, uh hotel reservations at Alabama next year, probably. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of the, direction that's going but I I'm, I'm sad to see him go because Drew I really wanted Kentucky to be the game cock killers where they broke Spurrier's will and forced him to retire and I wanted Kentucky to be his last loss as a head coach same thing with Petrino like we didn't get the chance to see them scream mad one final time at uh, Kroger Field
0: I don't know I'm actually mad that he's gone I think we got to be careful you know, when you when you got a guy at a place like South Carolina that you can routinely beat, you got to be careful with the big hire coming in and turning them into something. So, I'm actually bone Must champs leaving.
2: Oh, which begs the question: Who do you least want to end up at South Carolina?
0: I have the answer. I already thought about it. Neil okay. Brown.
3: Ooh. Neil Brown. You think he'd West take Virginia. it
0: to go oh. to the SEC? I don't know if he would be on their radar, but he's got them playing pretty good this year. After yeah. just in his second season on the job,
2: mm. that's pretty good, Drew. I, I my head wasn't going there because I don't I don't know how many shortlist he's going to be on. Um, I saw where Ralph Russo, an AP college football guy, said Scott Satterfield might be considered, and I would just think that's hilarious. So sure, really, <laughs> go uh,
0: Houston, Houston Nut seems to be the favorite which that's the that's higher. I mean, I know he's terrible off the field, but, I mean, look what he's done with Liberty. And Liberty's playing with, like, Division Three players. That's, not Houston, like not Hugh Freeze. Like, or, excuse me, not Houston, not Hugh Freeze. Yeah. My bad, way off. Uh, Hugh Freeze. Uh, that's a hire you can, where I'm talking about, you know, you got a guy like Muschamp you can routinely beat. I could see him turning them into a powerhouse.
2: Freddie, what worries me about Hugh Freeze is we can make – funny jokes for like a year. But he could get he's gonna get him scoring points. Um yeah. but you he he only has a shelf of like three or four years before he gets caught with a recruiting violation, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think South Carolina will go offensive mind here. Uh the guy from uh coastal Carolina, I, I keep seeing his name. Shane Beamer, uh Oklahoma, offensive coordinator, I, I keep seeing his name, but uh
2: Frank Beamer's son
1: yeah i think it's going to be an offensive minded coach because you know that's kind of the future of the sec so i would i would predict something of that nature and then the coach at louisiana yeah i keep seeing his name pop out there
2: billy napier who's who's the raging cajuns coach makes sense too because he's got a ton of local ties there yeah um he he went to Furman, which is in south carolina he was a clemson assistant but the thing is, though, Freddie, don't I feel like the 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 wise choice is to just hire whoever's been at App State for a year? Isn't that like the the move? You just yeah, whoever's at Appalachian yeah. State, we got you.
1: Yeah, bring them on up. So yeah, and, and I saw with a Charlotte coach. I mean, <clears throat> it's all over the place, but I do think it's going to be an offensive hire. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, that guy, Coastal Carolina, has done a tremendous job. I don't know his name, but. He's done a tremendous job down there at Burble Beach.
2: Wouldn't it be funny, Chuck, if we got into a bidding war between Michigan and South Carolina for who's going to hire Hugh Freeze?
3: I think he's a damn good coach, but I think uh, like you brought up, his past violations could be a little iffy.
1: One that I don't want to see is Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. uh, Only because – well, that and, and and you know he's got all those high, high recruiting ties, so that mm-hmm. that could that would bring a little competition for Kentucky and in the, the Southeastern Conference.
3: Now, didn't isn't Cincinnati paying him quite a lot? Because I think yeah. they're kind of sick of being the stepping stone for yeah. great coaches.
1: Yeah, you know Cincinnati's positioning if, if positioning itself if there's ever a Power Five conference expansion to be to be considered. So. And you do yeah. that for football. So he's, he's, they're, they're doing a good job there.
2: Yeah. I, uh, that's a good call on Fickle Freddie, but I do think they will go offense just because they're so, they're losing their minds, Drew, watching them play just horrible offense year after year. They've been recruited, Mustang did recruit well, but my goodness, uh, offensively, they just, I mean, Colin Hill, like, come on. It can't be your quarterback.
0: No, no. You Know they're clearly going to have a losing record this year. Last year was their first, well, throughout the year, Spurrier left mid year, they finished with a losing record. But last year was their first losing record since 2003, so they're at a pretty low, low levels right now. Frustration is huge there,
2: and I think his best record was like eight and four, maybe. So, uh, not exactly what they expected from all, uh, is, is our friend David Cornett, likes to call him Freddie, uh, Bear Must Champ, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> the media yeah. media loves them some will must champ but uh i think we might have seen the last of them uh in the sec after you know senate dc at auburn and then at florida the the screaming will must champ who's like hey he always says the weird thing like it's it's very weird where they're like oh you i'm a good recruiter just look at my wife it's like dude that's it's kind of weird. Like, it just – I don't know. Must champs just a weird, odd fellow who's just sweating and screaming all the time. And Always, I, bad. I hate Always that, bad. I hate that we left it, too, on a bad note where you didn't really have a quarterback down there a year ago. It just – it sucks. It would have been nice to have t- one more chance to kind of kick him out with a loss, but uh, that's not exactly – That can't be the case this year. And I, I wonder – I wanted to segue into this at. Uh, it's a shame too that we don't get to play Louisville this year because they've just quit. Like they, they lost. They had all of their best players out for COVID nineteen. Uh, they were missing Hassan Hall, their second running back. Javion Hawkins, their first running back. Tutu Atwell. Virginia just did whatever they wanted in like a seventeen point win or something. Yeah, they put up a decent fight. At Louisville, I give them that. But Hawkins, Javion Hawkins, is now opted out for the year. So. Like there's another one, and I I hate to play that what if game, but that that's why I'm not like too I can't be too negative on any of the 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 winning at all because this is a seven and five eight and four team under regular circumstances you have a deadbeat coach in Must Champ you got a deadbeat team in Louisville maybe Louisville doesn't have the opt out uh, you know with all this kind of craziness happening but still they they're, they're they flush their season down the toilet so like. There's so much that if things were under normal circumstances, if Terry Wilson and the offense get to build a little confidence and get the max schools and get that offense rolling, I mean, I I think that, Drew, that this is a – I'm excited for the end of the season because Kentucky's offense finally got to feel good about something and and see what success can look like um, if you string a couple good plays together.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of gloom in the fan base still over this season. But really, as you were saying, I mean, you're an extra point away from still playing Ole Miss a little bit longer in overtime. I mean, the Missouri game was terrible. But, I mean, they've been so lucky with COVID going on. Some of these other programs have just been completely taken over and had to lose games. As you talk about Louisville's losing its star players opting out, it's only hope for a good offense just left. We're sad about three and four, but overall, I'd say the Kentucky program has been pretty lucky given everything that's happened everywhere else this fall. If you look around the room a little bit, not it's not quite an Alabama year, but uh, we other programs have it much worse right now.
2: No, no, much, much worse. In Freddie, I'm not saying Kentucky's can, is going to be frisky down in Alabama, but... Uh, nothing would shock me in this game, especially the defense comes out ready to play. I have a feeling Brad White is going to have some words for that defense this week.
1: Yeah, he's, he's not going to be happy today. Uh, but again, I mean, this is 2020, and Kentucky's had to deal with Chris Oates uh, not being there on the field, uh, but an inspiration off the passing of John Schlarman. This has just been just a year... Uh, of perseverance for Kentucky, you know, and, and, and today's going to be another tough day for that team with the memorial services and everything. So, um, you know, it's tough, man. I mean, I cannot credit those players and coaches enough for coming out and getting a win in the face of that adversity of, of sadness of 48 hours prior losing such a beloved coach and man for so many players. And and that you know, uh, you never know what's going to happen in Tuscaloosa. Never know. Uh, so, Kentucky will prepare like it's going to win, and I guarantee you, Mark Stoops will tell them if you have any doubt that you can't go down and beat Alabama, then don't get on the daggone plane because that's his mentality. So, they'll be ready. They'll they'll prepare. Uh, they'll prepare to beat Alabama, and uh, that that's that's life in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, if you don't want games like this, then. Uh, go to the Big 12 or go to the ACC. Well, you got to play Clemson, but you know what I mean. I mean, this is life in the SEC.
3: Yeah, and I think Freddie brings up a great point there. These are the games. This is why you choose to go to Kentucky to play in these big-time games against the best athletes in college football. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what – to what you're saying, that's what Stoops is telling these guys. Hey, best of the best. And, you know, he always likes to use that. There's no hiding. You can't hide under a rock. This is the SEC best of the best get ready. And if you're not ready, don't get on the bus.
1: Charles also <clears throat> for the players that have NFL aspirations, much like the Georgia game, this is going to be the tape that's played first. Uh, you know, especially for, for Drew's guy, Kelvin Joseph, you know, you're going to be matched up against Devonte Smith, uh, the arguably the best receiver in college football, uh, and then Darren Kennard, Landon Young going to be matched up against those pass rushers, Drake Jackson against the interior. I mean, if you have NFL aspirations, this is going to be a tape that's going to be evaluated uh, at a higher level because, I mean, you're going against future pros uh, on every snap. So this is a big game for those that are going pro.
3: And I think that's – Freddie, that's another great point. We have so many mature upperclassmen to where you can kind of, you know, tell them, hey – College football is fun and we love it. It's awesome, but it's a job. And if you want it to be your full-time job, you come out and you play against best of the best, put it on film because that's what the scouts will look at. And I think Absolutely. that helps having those veterans uh, that that understand that. And we're not talking to freshmen that are used to playing high school football games on Friday nights and they like scoring touchdowns and kissing chicks after. This is full on football. And if you want it to be your full-time job, show it.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, there's also a little Mac Jones revenge factor in here. Where sure is? Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> he's been really good this year. I I, I did not see this coming. Um, like, I, I thought he'd be fine, but I didn't. I believe most of it was going to come from Najee Harris and co. Uh, where they could just kind of lean on that running back for success. But Mac Jones has been really good this year. I just, I. I hope Kentucky can get some sort of pressure on him um, because the, the defense is good enough to create some turnovers, Chuck. You just, there there has to be some pressure on the quarterback and we, we haven't seen it uh, good enough from Boogie Watson and co this year.
3: Yeah. And I, Nick, I, I'm happy you brought up Mac. I, I was a senior when he initially committed and I was always skeptical of recruiting in general because you've, you know, you're, you're looking at this sophomore in high school, and he might have great stats, and he's a four-star. He's going to be the next best quarterback in the SEC. I remember when he first walked in, I'm thinking, like, that guy is the one that we're labeling the God already, um, and I talked with him when he was visiting. Awesome dude. I kind of still keep up with him just through Twitter and Instagram, and um, really proud of him, and, and you know, it, it didn't end up coming to Kentucky, obviously, but did what's best for him, and now he's leading the number one team in the nation or top five team in the nation. Uh, kudos to you, but like you said, let's get Boogie Watson Boogie Watson, after him this weekend. I want Josh Pascal all over him. Uh, throw those balls, one-on-one coverage against uh, Fat Man, Man Fat, and let's go Boss Man Fat, and let's, <laughs> let's see if we can get some picks.
2: Pretty wild that right now. He's tied for the favorite. Um, in
3: the heisman race right
2: yeah he the cool. odds i'm seeing right now it's plus 250 for jones fields lawrence and kyle trask out of that six touchdown game which i would have never in a gajillion years ever would have thought that mac jones would be in a heisman trophy race even when he was because he's a little guy especially whenever they had that yeah. picture of him in the hard hat in front of the uk which oh I yeah just, <laughs> we're building something special here like i'd I, I just never would have in a million years imagined that happening, but kudos to him. Uh, but now let's just go kick his ass, through. Let's, let's hit him a couple of times.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good for him. A lot of people didn't see this coming. I mean, there are a lot of Alabama fans just weeks before the season thinking they'd go to their true freshman before the year was over because they have a star, <clears throat> star dual threat, five-star, number one guy in the country on the bench. They didn't have a high expectations for him, but he's been great. And you mentioned Trask is – right up there with them that's back to back heisman kind of contender/favorites for kentucky back to back saturdays that's that's quite a gauntlet for that secondary that will be
2: tested but kind of like what you all said about putting on the draft tape here's a chance for kentucky to be the like pros and cons on the draft tape where you've got the positives and the negatives oh, that bad interception against Kentucky. Like that, see? So there you go. You can be on the good side of the draft tape instead of on the montage of like where, you know, they're there for a while. There's a lot of Kentucky highlights on draft night, and it, it wasn't the good kind of highlights.
0: So, so you're telling me when the Jaguars draft Mac Jones and they're standing up there on the stage and they're talking about if he just didn't throw that pick six to lose to Kentucky and Tuscaloosa – then that we could be that. Is that what you're giving yes,
2: me? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like that. that's the one downside he had was that pick six to lose to Kentucky. So, um, <laughs> it, but it all, all joking aside to keep this game close. The thing that I really liked, uh, from the offense, Freddie is the quarterback run game. Terry Wilson was getting North South. He wasn't hesitating. He was, he was reading well. And then Chris Rodriguez he showed us a little second burst, uh, man, with that did 74 yeah. yard run. That's the longest play of his career. But he
1: did. He surprised me with that. I mean, he's listed at 225 pounds, but I'm not thinking that's highly accurate there. Uh, I think he's a little, a little bit, more of that of muscle. I mean, I mean, pure muscle. So, but yeah, his speed on the breakaway there, he separated and, and that, you know, I guess I had still have fresh memories there. I was like, keep running, Chris, keep running, Chris, <laughs> go through the end zone, Chris. Uh, but yeah. And then Terry, you know, third and 26 scrambles for a first down. Then the court, then the touchdown run, he showed the speed that we've all known that he has and, and it, it came back and flashed the, in that touchdown. So, uh, yeah, Terry Wilson, I thought played a great game, but back to Mac Jones, you know, um, uh, I didn't want to like him because I I take it personal when players flip like that. I'm a child, you know, (laughs) I guess I'm a hillbilly and I hold grudges, but I really like that kid. I mean, I like his personality. I've seen a lot of interviews with him and and I'm proud of him too, Chuck. I mean, I I think he's really, really, really good. And, uh, and he's, he's going to be tough to defend, but, You know, Drew, to your point, if he's drafted by Jacksonville, he'd be going back home. He's from Jacksonville, played at Bowles High School there. So Mm -hmm. um he's got their hands full. But again, I will say this for Mac Jones. You are throwing to Devontae Smith and all those pass catchers from Alabama that are just (laughs) elite future future NFL players. And you know, when you
3: there's another deer. (laughs) Wow, deer won the live bet, man. Yeah.
1: Uh, What was I saying? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, you're throwing to all those future first rounders. I mean, it it makes the job a little bit more easy, but he he puts it out there, he, and especially on the deep ball, he he throws a nice, really really nice deep ball, and uh, and he's done a great job this year.
2: I uh, I don't know what your old Sunday morning routines like, but I typically got Sports Center on and at, at the beginning of Sunday, um, before I turn get into an old man and start watching like CBS Sunday Morning and all that. But Chris Rodriguez made that the opening sports center montage of like all of the, like they had Kiffin throwing his clipboard into the air. And then they had Chris Rodriguez sitting down saying, I'm here. So I don't get fined
0: <laughs> in a day that Chris Rodriguez had a lot of big moments that, that might've stolen the show, at least for me. that's one of my favorite quotes.
2: Yeah. And I, I'm glad to, that you, you shared the Chris Rodriguez video from, uh, I guess that was Media Day last year.
0: Yeah, I, for those that don't know, it's on my Twitter good. account. I don't want to embarrass <laughs> Chris Rodriguez. I, I've been sitting on that a long time, but he's a big star now. He he can oh. handle a little laugh here and there.
3: A deer's why laying down I come now. to Kentucky football?
0: <laughs> and part of it, I accept guilt. I it really emphasized the why. It was really weird how I asked it, so I will accept part of the guilt. But for those that know what we're talking about, you can go see it on Twitter. It's a funny moment from Media Day. Back when we could
1: have media day, uh, the deer is laying
0: they, down. What if it's taking a nap?
2: The deer's should nap. Your,
3: should get your bow out.
2: I don't think I've ever seen a deer lay down before. I, I've maybe in Bambi. Like I just thought they were like fish and kind of slept standing up. You know.
1: I don't know. Thing's relaxing a little bit there in the sun, so I don't know why he's doing.
2: He's just getting his tan. You know, he's hiding fun, from baby. the hunters. <laughs> I'm so gonna feed. What
1: do you feed, but deer? Uh, I think corn. Don't corn. they pour corn yeah, out?
3: Corn, yeah.
1: So I got a can of corn in there. So just throw that out there. Can of <laughs> corn and a diet coke. <laughs> just well, a deer is like me and does not like Doctor Pepper. He already told
2: me that. Has anybody on here ever gone hunting?
3: Yeah. Yes. yes. I haven't gone deer hunting, but I have been uh, dove hunting. Oh. Very
0: fun.
3: I'm like the one guy
0: in Western Kentucky who doesn't hunt. So I grew up with it all around me. I just never caught on, especially in my my count home county.
1: I'm not a deer hunter. I've never hunted deer. Uh, but I grew up hunting squirrels and pheasant,
3: grouse, all that stuff. Frog gigging. Freddie, you were a frog gigger.
2: I was a frog gigger. Um, those sound more fun it. too. Like you're like like you're you're prowling. You aren't just sitting in the stand the whole time. That that would just get boring and cold to me. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, me too. I didn't uh, appreciate fishing until I had a kid, and I was like, "Oh man, this is great." Just like quiet. Oh man. Is I hate up? to
1: keep interrupting, guys. No, no, this huge... is
2: entertaining. Here comes a huge buck. Is it mating season?
3: And it's laying down right next to the other one. Uh-oh, Freddie, that's about to be R-rated. <laughs> we don't need a play-by-play on what happens next, all right? <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Do you need to throw on, like, an orange vest or an orange hat? Are you safe with all these bucks running around? i yeah, you can wear throw,
1: uh, some Luther Vandross. I band have draws. nothing
0: orange in my life, Drew.
1: You ought to know that.
0: There you go. That's the correct answer.
1: Small. I got a bunch of camo here, though. All my old, old army uniforms in the basement. I I guess I don't need to put that on. Do
2: I? <laughs> oh, this is great. Charles, did you ever
3: go uh,
1: – did you have a frog gig at UK?
3: No. Uh, my buddy Ross Cox from Anderson County wanted to take me one night and never never got around to it. Yeah, that's fun. I, I'm a, I'm a hunter, but I don't – I mean uh, – and I love frog legs, but – I couldn't really see myself sharpening up a, you know, homemade frog gigger and going out and killing some innocent frog. I don't know. It's not the man I am. I guess. <laughs> you never had good frog legs, then. Oh, I mean, I love good frog legs, but. Well, they don't I mean, I just jump good, their
1: way into a frying pan.
3: I mean, yeah, I love a good <laughs> fillet. I love a good New York strip, but I'm not necessarily going to cut it out of the damn beef. It's not my forte.
1: I've got a bed and breakfast for deers here in Corbin. This is awesome.
2: Man, we, I, we're going to have to do the podcast on location next time.
0: Yeah, at this new bed and breakfast.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I... Uh, this isn't related to college football, but on Sunday, the NFL did lose its mind, kind of, First off, Nick Chubb, what the hell? What the hell, buddy? Why are you stepping out of bounds? Just score. You're almost the end zone. You're going to run out of bounds. Cover the spread, pal.
0: I feel like that happened one time about five or six years ago. A running back did that. And now everyone thinks you're supposed to, even when it doesn't make sense. Like You were <laughs> like going we, up
2: 10. It wasn't like yeah. you were only going up three or something like that. Like you were uh, two possessions. You win the game. Like just go, score. Yeah.
0: I mean, you could still fumble a snap at that point. Lots of things could happen. But uh, lots of fantasy owners and gamblers upset as they uh, missed the spread on that one.
2: And on the other end, so one of my friends, he, he was on the winning end of that. And then he was also on the winning end of Kyler Murray's kneel instead of kicking an extra point, which I didn't get that either. But nevertheless, that game was insane. And I don't... Let's let's try to name just some hail marys in general that are more impressive than that play because I can't think of a crazier catch on a hail mary than just over three guys like that was that wasn't bad defense that was just a hell of a catch by DeAndre Hopkins.
0: And there aren't many quarterbacks who would have evaded that pressure to get the throw off. I mean, he was kind of de- Murray was kind of dead to rights in the backfield and scrambled to get over to the sideline, and make a crazy throw just high enough for Hopkins to get above some pretty good uh, Buffalo Bills prior. I think he might even be a a pro bowler. So uh, that was one of the wilder things we've seen. I can't think of many home areas that are up there with it.
1: Do y'all think these deer are smart enough to know to hide in property in a neighborhood away from hunters? No. Or is that just where they normally hang out?
3: I'm pretty sure they're pretty dumb.
2: Yeah, but you would think that they would have like an area that's probably like this is this is a safe zone. Like we're not we're not going to get in trouble if we go over here, kind of deal.
1: That would take some some pretty intellectual thinking. would do you think, Drew?
2: Yeah, I don't think they
0: know. I think they're just. They, you might have. Are you cooking over there? Anything smell good? Maybe they just want to listen to a podcast.
1: Oh. Uh, well, they the may podcast. just want to listen to the podcast, but I'm yeah, not for but- sure. I'm not for sure they like Honey Nut Cheerios.
0: That's <laughs> all only I'm cooking. Do we have a breaking news button on the podcast?
2: We're breaking news! Ah,
0: the SEC announces that Ole Miss, Texas A&M has been postponed.
2: Are we gonna do this all again. Well, I know when at least Texas A&M's case, they were like the, when they postponed the last one. They kind of knew that there was going to be a second one uh, happening, so. That doesn't surprise me that much. That would have been a fun game. So I hope that's, I hope that's one that gets played on that. Now they're saying that they can play games on SEC Championship Saturday. So I hope that's one of them. The fact that Kentucky Alabama is not getting moved leads me to believe that UK should will probably should be good from here on out. You know, barring an outbreak, like I don't think they're rearranging the schedule for any of these upcoming three games just because of something else that happened. So as of now, I think they're good, but, uh, yeah, I, I know at least the Texas A&M Ole Miss, it was probably destined for that way. Just the amount of guys that A&M already had in, in quarantine or whatever.
1: You know, Drew, what, what these deer could be smelling is that midnight rooster I got going on.
0: Oh, you got some of that going on?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: they are one of our uh, proud sponsors of the KSR Football Podcast. Nick, do we have a, a segment for Midnight Rooster this week? Or are we going to make a doodle doo?
2: The cock a doodle doo. Uh, how about this week's segment? Is remember that one time Kentucky beat Alabama in nineteen ninety seven? That was
1: that's yeah. pretty neat. Uh yeah. yeah. But wasn't Alabama like three and seven that year though? I hate to bring anything away from that.
2: Yeah, but they were like 2-0 and oh at the time. Like okay. It, it was early in the year, so it was before the wheels completely came off. Okay. Kentucky
0: broke them is what Nick is saying. They were good until Kentucky broke them in week three.
2: There yeah, we go. Cause we,
1: beat, we beat up on LSU, but LSU wasn't, you know, LSU. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I I didn't mean to take anything away from that. That was a great win for me in Kentucky history.
2: But, Just like Midnight you know. Rooster is a great CBD product and cbd history probably wouldn't you say it's the best cbd drew
0: i would say it is the best cbd and it's the only that's uh completely usda certified and kentucky proud with local products so you're getting good stuff from uh the bluegrass from a bunch of uk fans i recently got their uh, little drops i got the high octane ones that put you to sleep it's good stuff if you want to get a good nice rest
2: and they have like the coolest rooster ever Yes. but there's an actual midnight rooster. That's his name. He's all black. He's really cool. And he's, he hangs out at KS office. So, uh, Freddie, when you're not hanging out with deer, you can come to KS office and hang out with midnight rooster.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you guys are too young to remember this, but in 1988, my freshman year at Kentucky, we were up 17 to nothing against Alabama at halftime. Was up 20 to 16, with five minutes to play in the game. Mm. And lost 3127. <laughs> Gosh.
2: Yeah, how about that? I did some fact checking, Freddie. That Alabama was three and one when they went okay. to Commonwealth in October 4th, 1997. I was a little that was my birthday present that, that year. I was six years old the week before I got to go to the Kentucky Alabama game. And I just I remember like the only memory I have is asking my mom if I could go touch the goalposts that they toured. What year was that, Nick? 1997. Couch to the yeast. That
1: was a great win.
2: Yeah. And Mar Stewart, defensive line coach, had the big uh, scoop and score. You had John Schlarman on the offensive line. So great, great Kentucky football
1: team. Man. Yeah. They finished four and seven, two and six in the SEC. So.
2: Kentucky broke them. So you know what? The Drew? Cats I think- broke their wheel. I think this is a chance for Kentucky to break Nick Saban on Saturday, beginning Saban, of the end.
0: You know, he's had a good run. I feel like he's had a good career. I feel like he's done some good things. People remember him positively. But I think we start the downward spiral this Saturday with an, uh, an upset as a 30-point underdog, and then we start the – you know, I won't get him fired, but we'll be at the beginnings that sends Alabama down. <sighs>
2: You
3: think we can bet that spread down to 28-and-a-half and and then money line it like we did against Louisville my junior year? I think that's the plan moving forward. Maybe we could. Let's get it down to 28-and-a-half because we're 1-0 when we're 28-and-a-half underdogs.
0: (laughs) I was so cocky in that game. I made a shirt before the game happened.
2: Damn. That that really is, like, Drew, one of your – can you just explain what your feeling was to know that that was the time to shoot your shot?
0: Well, you know, I'm a known Louisville hater, and um, I just had a feeling everything was getting way too special over there for them with Lamar, and I knew it was time for uh, water to find its level, as they say, and even things back out. So not only did I stay up all night photoshopping uh, lots of little things, including Lamar with the crying Jordan face, I went and had it printed on a sweatshirt before kickoff so I could wear it immediately after the game.
2: The fact that we had a post of just Volvo fans crying, like the cry you had, I think, four or five crying Jordans. You had Petrino, you had Lamar, I think you had the the Cardinal Bird guy with like the and then, Cardinal And then yeah.
0: that famous photo of the five Volvo fans with the Crown Royal all of
2: them. <laughs> <in. laughs> you had that like ready to go as soon as the game was over. That's like great moments in KSR history.
0: I had a feeling the night before. I didn't do anything. I mean, that's all Charles, but I just had the the feeling inside that they were going to show up and win that game. Maybe you did.
1: still got the breaking news deal? Yeah, breaking news. Ah, The PFF highest-graded power five running back in the country, Chris Rodriguez, week wow. 11.
3: Do you think we'll sit him and start AJ? <laughs> I think it's
0: probably time to just at least say he's the number one back out loud. They haven't done that yet, haven't they?
2: Eh, probably not the depth chart is getting ready to come out soon so
0: yeah nick we gotta get to work here
2: yeah we do gotta get to work we gotta get out harder oh and the ncaa tournament's gonna be in indianapolis bubble probably so man
0: not probably think i can definitely. sneak
3: in then i can sneak in and just act like i worked there and just get to watch every game
2: just wear like an ncaa polo they won't know the difference
3: i think they need the guy from cbi there just in case something happens so
2: <laughs> probably best
3: probably best for all parties involved
0: yeah, because you all have college basketball insurance. See, there you guys? go. Oh, there
3: man. There you go.
2: That's why you oh. get paid the big bucks, Drew.
1: Okay, <laughs> I just
0: got that. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> all right, go take care of those deer. We got to watch press conference. Yeah, all yeah. Right.
2: have a good time with those deers. Uh, RIP, John Sharman. We'll miss you. Thanks for everything. Thanks for everybody for listening. Appreciate Midnight Rooster and UK Federal Credit Union for sponsoring the KSR Football Podcast. We'll be back next week. Until then, go Cats, go Kroger. And peep the technique. Sweat the technique.